So today, I'm at the beach again, so I don't know if you, how much background noise you guys may pick up, but today, I kind of just want to free talk uh, to get energy out, and this is going to be about Skid Row um, in LA. A lot of people maybe don't know about Skid Row, but it's like one of the um, biggest homeless populations in LA, and I always say when I talk about this circumstance and this area, like I'm from Florida, I'm from Tampa, Florida, so in my kind of like nomadic journey over the years, um, in Florida, all we see a lot of times is like the, the surfing commercials and all the good things about Cali. But I always tell people, I'm all, I was always shocked when I ended up in L.A. and in California in general how big the homeless population is. And I always wonder um, why they kind of leave this out of conversations about California. And as much as people joke about Florida, I don't remember the homeless population being that bad. And mind you, though, I never felt homeless in Florida, so maybe I just wasn't aware um, or the veil wasn't really lifted from my eyes when I was in that kind of sort of security in Florida. Um, but in coming from like working on a cruise ship in Hawaii and deciding to do like this nomadic journey that I've been on for a while, um, I ran out of money <laughs> uh, in California. And the whole purpose of even coming from Hawaii back to the mainland was anytime I ran out of money, I can just always get a job again. But I always chose thug life or just to continue my like nomadic, free, hippie journey, which is kind of overrated at times. It's not as easy as it seems either. And, it's, and I've t recently touched on in a podcast how the hardships of it. And even still, I've cho chosen to be this free spirit uh, person that I am even with the hardships and the system making it harder to do it in, in, in the States. But I want to touch on this circumstance because for some reason I've been holding on to it for so long. And so um, one of the things I want to touch on, the first time I've ever felt homeless was in L.A. And that's kind of like the worst place to ever be um, homeless, black, and a woman. And at the time I was going through my studies of uh, converting to Islam and all of that. And um, it's very dangerous, I touched on recently, too, about glamorizing L.A. for Hollywood stars and stars in general. Um, but in coming upon this situation, how I kind of started as being homeless is like, even in trying to figure out my entrepreneurship on the beach and in uh, Venice Beach, it still was times where... No, I think it was right before I started doing readings on Venice, Venice Beach, like hustling. Yeah, I, before I figured that out, I felt homeless and I went and stayed in shelters for my first time ever. And so many people think that since shelters exist, they're humane, but they're really not. And so something that how my journey even started when I found out about Skid Row is when I felt homeless, the first thing I had to do was just ask around, ask people around about shelters. And then I always start this story off by um, when I met a police officer that I expected to, like, escort or drive me to a shelter in, in the middle, like, at midnight. <laughs> um, that, that's pretty much where that story, that story begins. And so um, this person just pointed me to the way. So I ended up walking in the middle of the night to this shelter in L.A., and this is the first time I'm, like, hearing about Skid Row. And this cop has, like, this smirk on his face. Mind you, 
I always talk about L- L.A. police, too. LA, LAPD is one of the most corrupt police you can ever think of as far as, like, disappearing people, as far as, like, discrimination to homeless people and racism, sex workers, all of that shit is, they're just very cruel. And so, and asking this cop for directions, this is when I still had hope in police, for example, but all he did was look up the shelter address and put me the direction in the middle of the night. Um, so I ended up walking. This is the first time I noticed, like, the, the LGBT movement uh, heavily before I started reading more on it and seeing the struggles that they deal with as well. Um, but a lot of these people were he- um, helpful in helping me find the shelter. But it's like, the more I went <laughs> down this road in the middle of the night, the more I did- wasn't aware of what I was, like, approaching. So this is when I saw, like, uh, just the depths of humanity being the worst it could ever be. And I think a lot of people don't care to look into places like Skid Row or homelessness because it's so easy to shut these people off and be like, okay, they have their area and we have ours. But, like, being so sheltered in certain ways my whole life and not having to be homeless, like, I'm going in and thinking, like, like I'm going to have the same privileges, but it was very dirty and humane in that way. Um, a lot of the drug use, just just laying around in the streets, for example. Um, even the facilities, like people have to use to take showers and, and, and the beds that people have to share. A lot of that is not even washed daily. And so it was like stuff like that that was so sad for me to see. And, like, the way that I'm even explaining it is probably not doing it any justice because it's just it was just so inhumane in the way uh, people were treated. It, and it's like you're punished for being homeless because when, you, when I was sleeping in these facilities, you can't go to sleep until very late in the night. And then you have to line up and wait for you to wait to sleep. Um, you have to wake up really early at, like, 5 a.m., for example. It was run like a prison system. Just like the school to prison pipeline, when I went to, uh, that's another story, when I went to this school called Job Corps, they ran it like a prison system too. A lot of these are intertwined with military and, and, and prison system um, structures because it's the belief that citizens have to be policed or controlled or there will be chaos kind of. And, but um, So you have old people who can't even rest throughout the day. Um, until very late in the night, you have to wake up early in the morning. So you only get in like four hours of sleep most days. And you're sleeping on these very like dirty um, mattresses. And I, I just remember like, <laughs> I literally in my whole time, when I first got there, it was just so much hopelessness and so much like, if you get there, you're going to get stuck basically. Unless you make it a, a time sensitive thing to where you want to get out, which I end up using like, the only things I knew how was my phone was like broke at the time and I think I had ended up getting a new phone or something but I ended up hustling and then finding out about Venice Beach would help me, help me a little bit before I trans uh, converted to Islam um but in that time it was just the facility was just I remember just being so inhumane so dirty for human beings to like stay in that kind of predicament and throughout the day like homeless people are punished all day just for being homeless like you have again a lot of these people were older people who had disabilities or and stuff like that and they were punished like you had to stay up all day in these chairs if you were just going to stay at the facility to shelter all day 
and they had like little things like TVs. You can only you can only shower so often, like a week. It was just <laughs> terrible. And again, the way I'm saying it, and it's probably not doing no justice, but um, again, it was just it was just one of the most hopeless time, hopeless places that I've ever been. And again, I think Skid Row is one of those systematic places that was designed. That, that that people honestly put drug abuse there to keep people down. And, and people don't think that, but there's a reason why that place is still existing in that condition over so many years, um, like the war on drugs and then the war just on racism. And, and black people there, it was a majority of black folks who are affected by, by being there. And that hurts me even more because you have this disconnect of upper class and privileged black folks who think they can just come and feed them, feed these people every now and then, and that that they're doing something. But these people live in no kind of privilege. They're they're not even living, and they're being punished for being homeless. And a lot of these people um, are automatically equated with illness because of their homelessness. And uh, it really it really was a huge telltale sign that how our system viewed views homeless people and illnesses like they can just group them all together and it's something to be punished and if you cannot keep up with the system at play then that's what it is it's all so systematic and and a lot of people again I always say that there's some kind of illness there if rich people can live in the same proximity like Skid Row is right there where rich people live and they have to get off on that to me in my in my mind because I'm like, there's no way you can live by this and not do something about it. And it could just be not physically going in there like I had to and seeing what was up, but it's something wrong there. And, and it's like people like to blame it like we're supposedly in America the richest comp- country, but we can't fix these whole areas. These whole areas can be fixed and from these billionaires are the, the supplies that the police have, all that stuff. And it's like nobody's doing nothing about it. So something very sketch there to me. And in, in being there, I ended up so scarred. Like my whole guidance when I talk about this story, in, intuitive-wise, the whole time my, my guys are like just, you know, you're supposed to see this. You're not supposed to stay here. You're supposed to see this. And so I took it for what it was. I never broke down. It never like broke me, surprisingly, because a lot of people go there and it breaks them. And that's another thing that's heartbreaking about those situations. Um, some people can't get out because it kills the spirit. And that's another thing people don't understand about this system. Um, they think it's so every man for himself or it's your fault that you're in it. But the whole system plays in breaking your spirit. Even day-to-day people who go to work every day, they're dealing with racism at work. Uh, racist employees, um, a racist system is built to break your spirit. So a lot of these people aren't there just for the hell of it. And that's something that I also realized. It was a lot of good people, but it can turn a good person even, like not bad, but it can turn a good person. It can break a, a good person. And so... Um, I don't know, but I talk about it today, part of this today, um, because I just need to release this <laughs> specifically because I didn't know how scarred it left me. And I think 
I think I have more karma there for some reason, like more either to talk about it, write about it, or do something about it if I ever am put into the position to do so. Um, But then it makes me wonder, too, we have all these talks about stuff that happened in other countries, and we can't even solve the problems that happen in the states and it's like it's so it's such a war zone on the the people the american people themselves and it's just so ass backwards and i don't know it's much more that could be done but me as a little mere citizen i remember uh writing a little email thinking i could do some change but i remember i was so upset i wrote everything that was like inhumane about it i wish i had that email right now um but yeah, so that was my first wake-up call to, like, homelessness, and I hate to say, like, these situations teach me humility because no one should have to go live through this just to be humble or uh, to be taught lessons. Like, we, we really have to get that out of our head, too, that we have to learn stuff the hard way or, or there shouldn't be basic needs for everybody and cleanliness and all this stuff and, and, and the right amount of sleep and all this shit, and I don't know, but yeah, so this is just part one of that, and I don't know, I I feel there are enough resources to fix whole places like Skid Row, and I'm not talking about, like, reform, like, it's, like, there just for this, it's, it's like this saying, your country's only as good as its weakest links, and so that's, like, um, if you have hell holes of purposely placed there, that's as good as your country really is. That's how you treat folks. And that's a reflection on the whole the whole nation. And so that was just a wild-ass experience for me. And I don't know. It, it's like I was lucky not to be in a position where I ever had to be, like, on the street. I always had, like, a bed or something. Even if it was, like, not the cleanliest or nothing like that, it was never a situation where it was, like, truly thug life for me in the way of, like, sleeping in a tent, or, I mean, it, it, well, actually, actually, then I remember, it was, like, times where I had to sleep maybe on the beach, and that was a close, that's, that's been some wild shit, even in itself, um, living that life, and, and, and seeing, being, being in it for yourself, like, there's a saying, like, never say never, like, never say it couldn't happen to you, and this all came out of me being naive, but what I probably, if I didn't do this, I would not know because I had my own privileges of safety or not having to be anywhere like that. And so if I didn't go that route, I just would never know. I would not have that empathy or compassion for for people to be honest because in a lot of ways I was spoiled or or not thinking about others uh, I always so I always bring up this instance when I when I start traveling it teaches you a lot so when I when and I went on my own out of rebellion so there was this other instance when I first left to um, Miami and I didn't notice some of the selfishness that um that I kind of had in, in myself until like one day it was like this, I don't know how I met this guy from like Argentina. And I'm telling this side of myself cause this is real honesty. And there's a lot of people who kind of do this without realizing our any awareness. And we bought like a whole pizza and we had leftovers. And then I think we were just walking, walking, walking. And there was like home, there was a homeless person who 
was hungry or something. And, like, I just wasn't aware. And it was like I was so in my own world, I wasn't aware. But the guy who was with me, he gave our leftovers to the homeless person. And I was, like, at first I was, like, agitated. And this is, this is like, me being honest of, like, coming from this very sheltered position in life in that way. And then I thought about it. I'm, like, wait, why would I be angry and why would I be unaware? And then when you think about it, there are so many people who live in this way but in even worse scales (laughs) and so um but often what makes me upset is that even the minorities that are degraded in this way are the people who are disadvantaged we're a lot of times having to learn humility or be the moral morally upright when on a larger scale there are people doing us way more dirty but i do think i learned it's each of our responsibility not to have so, so much hyper individualism. So there's this saying like, okay, so I realized that it's not our responsibility to, to save the world per se. But then there's a saying like, you don't have to be that way. But at the same time, I do think it takes knowledge to override hyper individualism because it keeps us disconnected from each other. So that's something that I kind of learned and like reading certain books and reading different perspectives, it gives you that empathy because sometimes we don't have it. Sometimes we're desensitized. Sometimes we're unaware, to be honest. And it's like sometimes we aren't knowing. A lot of people think that empathy is just, oh, it's, we should know, but not necessarily. It's like it takes awareness. It takes and it takes maturity to be like, oh, OK, this is fucked up. Something I did or thought a way I thought or wasn't aware and then learning from that. And this is a, a slower process of progression to me because it, each person has their own time in that and, and their own want to learn, etc. Um, but that's a lot that I learned in my journey as well. Um, but yeah, what a crazy life. <laughs> and this is just part one of this.